Okay, that was the biggest pain in the world to do. Welcome to the unofficial Elder Scrolls podcast. This is AKB. I'm doing this bit instead because I think Pylon got abducted by pirates or something. If anyone knows more about that, please correct me. Vacation cruise. <laughs> so we're going with the pirate theory. Uh, right. There's a lot that has happened this week, and we are literally going to go right into it, into our scullery pursuits. That was the intro. Nothing more. Goodbye. Alright, Scarry Pursuits is a segment where we talk amongst each other and talk about what we've been up to, what has been going on in our lives, and normally I think Alara usually like goes last, so this week I'm going to go like, hey Alara, what's up with you? What's going on with your life? Not very much. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, playing through the base game areas, I've got Deshaun done, so moving on to Stone Falls, and that's basically it. That's not the right order. What's not the right order? You're starting in Deshaun and then going to Stonefalls. Stonefalls happens or, no, earlier uh, than Deshaun. Shadow, uh, Shadowfen I'm going into. Uh, okay. Starts okay. with an S. I, was, <laughs> I always got uh, Stonefalls and Deshaun mixed up before. So, gotcha. All those so now you're getting Stonefalls and Shadowfen bundle. Okay. okay. Also, speaking Good. of uh, not going in order, we didn't introduce ourselves like we usually do. He doesn't want to. Mm. Doing we're already past the intro. <laughs> it's too late. There's it's no just going season back. two. Everyone better already know the characters. Yes. Mm. With that said, let's move on to the next person in the opposite <laughs> order. Baratron, your Scarry Pursuit is basically partially mine, so I'm going to feel really good about having you go before me. Uh, oh. It, okay. It's, it's kind of cheating. I watched... I watched the Dark Heart of Skyrim reveal live, live streams and live tweeted them for UESP. Um, I helped AKB improve his character for the ESO retrospective and came along, earned a couple of skill points on one of my other characters. And uh, we completed Hellraster's Delt Hard Mode with the UESP Guild for the first time. And we've now completed all three veteran Craglawn trial hard modes as a guild, which is, you know, for... for Casual social guild. That's not bad. I definitely agree. Now, I, I want to argue a point, though. It was less improving a character and more some form of evil necromancy. The character was not going to progress any further. I was on a warden, not a necromancer. I didn't bring a necromancer. <laughs> There's also some bullying where uh, Baratron would kill a boss... And she got the credit for killing the boss, and then she'd go into the next area. And I'd just be left there going, like, okay, I guess I'll kill the boss by myself now. It was really strange. Um, some of the... Some of those quests were not working properly, because it should be that when you're grouped, as long as you've both done damage to the boss, you should both get the achievement, and it was not quite working properly. Or AKB wasn't doing any damage. I definitely well, was doing damage. He was hit, at least hitting the, the enemy, you know? Yeah, I was using AoEs, as Baratron taught me was a thing. Uh, no, a lot went wrong with that. I'll talk about it more later. 
But to continue our backwards order, I'm going to throw over to you, Loss. What's up with you? I had very little Elder Scrolls stuff in the last however long. I don't remember if I was on last week or not. I, I wasn't. I was were. sick. You were ill. I was ill. So there's been almost no Elder Scrolls except we prepared the Goat Herd's Pie from the official cookbook, which is just a fancy name for Shepherd's Pie. But it was really, really tasty. I liked it. My wife didn't like it as much as I did because she doesn't care for dairy. And it's a very creamy mashed potato topping. But I thought it was fantastic. And I definitely want more. Again, that cookbook has got really good stuff in it. And it's inspiring us to cook more than we typically do. It's for a very nerdy reason. But hey, it's nice. It's affordable. I love it. You should check out the cookbook. And Kiz, who got put in our top corner because everyone else was set up to go in the other corners already but then that didn't work so i had to like rip out the wiring of it and shove in different wires so everyone's camera would be here so kiz what's up with you in the top corner up there what's going on i think since i was last year i think i've done some more streams with you some even vaguely on time rather than a little late uh, and other than that, I went looking through the CSS of the wiki for a week, trying to figure out what it was doing. Yeah. As for myself, uh, I'm glad that Baratron and Kiz were here. If you want to hear my scholarly pursuit, just uh, find the recording of this after the fact and listen to their part again. <laughs> no, uh, I'll talk about it. Uh, so, for the ESO thing, besides that whole thing with the bosses, there was this other really, really terrible problem. Uh, like, I I finally caved in and decided to listen to some of the NPCs talk and everything, going like, okay, I'll uh, let everyone see what that's like, uh, if they haven't. And Baratron just smashed through it, because she's seen it like five times already. Somehow, that counted for me, every time. I have no clue why. It, it was a very unfortunate experience, though. Beyond that, it's all been... I don't want to say swell. It hasn't been terrible, though. Like, I, I can't really complain about life. I've been having a good time. I had a good time watching uh, the Greymore stream. I have a lot of thoughts about it, but... I don't really want to... start ranting about that just yet. Uh, with all that said, that's all of us. We got this done in, like, 12 minutes. We're already moving on to news, and there's, like, no news. We are... There's lots of news. It's all news. That's the thing. It's well, all news. Well, here's the thing, though. I I changed the ESO news to be the topic, so technically there's, like, no news. And with that, we are moving on to news. <laughs> Alright, welcome to the news, where we are going to be talking about what news we have. And the news is, the USB is continuing our streaming. That was it. Not counting all the ESO stuff, nothing really happened this week with any of the other games, as far as I saw. Did I, I'll throw to the group, though. Did you guys see anything actually happen? 
the continuing tradition of legends having weekend events that happen after our stream and then over before our next stream there was a gauntlet over the weekend and it was the, i think they called it the ballista gauntlet and instead of having a field lane and a shadow lane instead there was a ballista lane in the left and a library lane in the right i believe and that meant that if you had the most creatures or the strongest creature i think it was in the ballista lane that meant that you dealt two damage to your opponent and then the library lane if you had a creature there it reduced the cost of actions in your hand by one so once again neat little things mixing up the game every weekend and we'll never be able to report one to you before it happens ever so sorry about that honestly like they should just give us the full list just tell us hey if you announce this then we'll be doing it there's no reason not to they should just move the announcements to Monday unless coming up <laughs> with the gauntlets is so last minute that they can't have them confirmed until Thursday or Wednesday whenever they do release it. It would be nice if they announced them on Monday, though. Uh, with that said, did you actually take part in the gauntlet? I did not. This weekend was once again a busy one for me for unrelated to Elder Scrolls reasons. I think uh, the last one you did, you were ranking like a thousand something. And yeah. you're just grinding it for uh, a mission. Yeah, I don't. That might have been what right before the one I was sick for, so I didn't talk about it. So that one was a slight. I don't remember what the event was, but they had a special art that they were releasing for it, and so each rant run through gave you one premium alternate art for a card for Divine Fervor, I think it was. And I decided I really wanted that, so I found a deck and I played through one and a half full runs and did really well. And then I just conceded the rest of my matches, including a third run of nothing but concedes just so I get my cards. And I ended up placing like a thousand 60 or something total. So I just missed top thousand. And that's because I decided to do other things with my weekend and conceded a bunch. Actually, if I had just started the third run and not conceded at all, I might have gotten a better enough score to be in the top thousand. I mean, well, it, I think it is telling though. Like, that's basically our hallmark for how many people are still interested in it. That's true. That's not ideal for the future of the game, but it is ideal for me potentially doing well at some point in the game. So, like, beyond, I can eat the biggest fish in an extremely small pond, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. So, beyond uh, the legends, the USB stream schedule. And the ESO news that we're going to be talking about for the majority of this. Uh, has anything else happened this week? Literally anything. I will, like, if you saw a fancy bird outside, I will take that at this point. There is currently 10% off in the Bethesda store with the code Skyrim. But I'm not sure for how long. Ooh, also, something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people have seen that there is a Funko Pop of Mike the Liar coming out early next month. It looks like it's going to be a GameStop exclusive. I'm not sure if there's other stores in other countries that are going to have it, but yeah. I, I'm honestly surprised that Funk, uh, Mike didn't come out already. I thought it did. So there you can see what it looks like. Oh, you already have it? No, I threw a link in the chat. Oh. It doesn't <laughs> come out until I thought uh, you were reaching down to grab it. No, February 4th. That would have been a super early reveal. It's like, I don't know if it's one of those I'm in the wrong country, so it won't show me. But it won't let me me look. 
honestly, they if Funko Pop is somehow listening, feel free to send things to Alara. She will show it off yeah. for you. <laughs> and she'll nice. probably document it on the wiki once we start getting our merchandise plan in place for how we do that. Yeah, yeah it so. actually won't let me won't let me look at that. Oh well. Um, we got a couple of new follows there. We've got um, Duck Crouch Sneak Gaming, uh, Bornet M, and Mr. Hicker all decided they were going to start following USP. So thank oh. you to you guys. Thank you all, explorers. Uh, as for the schedule, we're going to post it into the Discord podcast discussions channel that we're probably going to rename just to save ha- you having to listen to us read all that out. So unless someone has like another thing to bring up in like five seconds, we're moving on to the actual topic, which is whatever is going on with these vampires. Right. So um, the Dark Heart of Skyrim reveal happened, and obviously we're going to talk about that. Um, if you want to watch the announcement recap, um, there's actually a link to, to watch the videos. Uh, they're kind of worth watching, especially the one with Pete Hines and Rich Lambert. That was quite good. Um, we managed 80,000 concurrent viewers, so we're getting the long-eared bat pet. And in order to do that, you need to log into Elder Scrolls Online and kill any enemy monster before January the 22nd at 11.59pm EST. Here's, so that's the next two days. We completely yeah. forgot to look up uh, how, what was the goals from last year, I believe. Because this was such a high jump over what they expected last year. It's, last year, I could swear it was 30,000, 60,000. That's what I thought it was. And it was this year, it was, it was 80,000 and 150,000. I don't... I, I, I understand, like... Yeah, so it is a popular game, uh, and I would say its community is on the growing side instead of declining. But $150,000 for that uh, plunge, that's just insane. That's like... It would have been one of the top... Uh, stream events of the year if they actually manage to hit that. Like, I I can't imagine... I don't understand the logic behind it, is what I'm saying. An awful lot depends on the actual time of the stream as well. Um, if I remember rightly... Oh, it's last, a Thursday! Yeah. Yeah, but last year's, I think, was at a very good time for Europe, but a terrible time for the US. Yes. Last Whereas year... It was definitely yeah, not it was, this year. I want La- to say last year's was at like 2 p.m. Eastern or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, I know I, I brought my laptop to work. So this year's was so at 2 p.m. Pacific, which meant that it was too late, except for people like me and kids who live in Europe but keep interesting hours. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, Johnsy's saying he thinks they just didn't want to do it, so he says it's super high, but apparently they're doing it anyway. They're going to do the snow bear plunge. Well, I yeah, think if we had hit the 80,000, they were going to concede and say it. I still don't exactly understand the math of how they said we had a uh, hundred, well, over 80,000. Like, I was watching it uh, live. It was like 50,000 on the main one. YouTube was like 5,000 at its peak. Mixer was like 1,500. Then they had like eight offspring ones, which had between like a few hundred to a few thousand. They did have, I mean, there was um, the various, there was Bethesda, I think DE, the German ones, were definitely rebroadcasting it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know it was about so. 5,000 or so for uh, the German stream. 
There's a few of those, though. I, I don't understand the math. I will take their word well, on it, though. Maybe they included the people who were physically there. Who knows? That's basically what I'm saying. I don't have the numbers. I'm not going to argue with them saying I got a free thing. But yeah, we got a free thing. Well, well, you won't get a free thing unless you log in and kill a monster. That is the important that's, part. To that's remember. true. That's, that's, the, that's the takeaway message from this. Uh, with all that said, we are going to move on to just... This was one of the bigger announcements they ever did. They were just straight up front with all this. Uh, we're going right into uh, the Dark Heart of Skyrim news. Finally breaking it all down. All right, now we are going to be talking about the topic that we've basically, it's kind of, it, it has eaten a lot of our attention over the last few weeks over what this is going to be. Like, we were a part of the group of people who got uh, maps early, and I think basically our summary of the map is there's some Force Sworn stuff, there's some Vampire stuff, maybe some Daedric stuff, uh... We can't really tell what these locations are because of the distortion on it. Uh, but, yeah, we find This was the most upfront trailer they've ever done, I feel. It was just like, yeah, these are all the facts about uh, the Dark Heart of Skyrim. This is where we're going. Uh, these are the things you're going to see. It was amazingly specific, everything they did. I honestly am kind of shocked, like... I remember uh, at one point, Tuttle just straight up threw out, hey, yeah, you'll see Falmer. We're not going to leave that as a surprise. Uh, the Falmer are there. Like, they didn't need to do stuff like that. Usually they play that really close to chess, and I'm just shocked. There is a lot of specifics to break down, and Baratron has been fantastic and spent quite a bit of time writing it all out. I think we've all had a chance to peruse those a little bit but i'm going to throw to baritron first of course uh would you like to start us off with what exactly we are getting into with this okay so uh dark heart of skyrim it will have what they call the cadence the same release schedule as previous years yes so water one will be a dungeon dlc which they've named harrow storm not Hailstorm, which is what quite a few of us were hearing. <laughs> Harrowstorm. Quarter two is a chapter, uh, Raymore, and that's due to be released, I think, about middle of May for PC and Mac and the beginning of June for the consoles. Uh, quarter three, a dungeon DLC to be announced, and quarter four, a story DLC to be announced. And I'm just... I, I tried to stop sneezing. Oh, dear. Um, quarter three and quarter four's... Uh, DLC will be talked about more at the E3 event and Rich Lambert, who is um, probably some of you know, the ESO creative director, said if you're interested in the law of the Reach, you might be very excited by the fourth quarter. So that would explain all of the Reachman content that we saw on those ESO influencer maps. So um, they uh, <laughs> they were very open. 
open with talking about where exactly we are going with this. Uh, I saw them revealing, yeah, we have uh, Blackreach, Solitude. Uh, I don't know if they specifically said we were going to Morthal, but we found it on the map with the reveal. Uh, Greymore, of course, which is apparently in Blackreach now. Now, uh, Alara, would you like to take us through where exactly we are going with this DLC? What's the setting? Where are we visiting? <clears throat> uh, yeah, if I can find it back in my notes, I accidentally uh, scanned. Okay, so, uh, are we starting with Hairstorm, or the chapter, or... Uh, do you uh, have a chance to look at the location, see all the stuff we've had about where we're visiting in this expansion. Um, yeah, can you point out kind of exactly where in the notes? Because, like I said, I kind of scrolled and lost it. It's uh, under the header uh, location. I cannot find it. Uh, you, I'm just going to Do you not have that. an outline? I can say it. So, there not, we go. Not location okay. thing, but the most important adjective that they talked about for all of this stuff is dark. They said the adjective dark a lot of times. Like, this story is dark. Everything is dark. And I thought they said it a little much, too much. Like, it started to sound weird. But the point is that the setting of all this stuff is going to involve spooky things. Yep. Go ahead, Alara. All right. So, location. Uh, like we were saying, it's going to include Solitude. They did say Marthal and, like, kind of the bogs there. Dragon's Bridge will be in there. And uh, it's going to be also literally the dark heart of Skyrim. We're going into Blackreach. So roughly 40% of the playable area will be in Blackreach. So um, they had decided that it, w it does cover like more of Skyrim than that like one northwestern corner like it did in, the, in Elder Scrolls V. So it, that's, I guess, kind of a reason why we're going to be seeing it when it's covering northeastern Skyrim. I remember them talking about that slightly. The idea they wanted to invoke is that there's always this dark, mysterious place underneath your feet, and you never know yeah. exactly how far it's gone. And so that's why they made it much bigger than it was, because, hey, we're supposed to only see a small piece. Now we get to see a much larger piece of it. And it gave me the impression, the way they were talking of it, of like the Underdark in D&D. &D. There's always something menacing below the ground, no matter where you're at. I don't know how that'll actually end up feeling, but hopefully that's the case of several different entrances and always menacing things that can come out of it. I did get the impression. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Uh, they mentioned that uh, the feel of the uh, chapter is going to be very similar to Riven Spire. The impression I got um, is obviously they, they said a lot and they were very upfront. They don't want people to be disappointed. I think some players have been disappointed with each of the chapters so far. Like, for example, um, the Vardenfell chapter didn't include Sheogorad. People were disappointed. Um, elsewhere only included Northern Elsewhere. And okay, the Quarter 4 DLC went to Southern Elsewhere, but there's still this, this gap in the middle. Um, even Somerset, people were disappointed with the d decision they'd made that uh, the descriptions of the buildings um the oh the lace supposed to look like insect wings. wings insect wings exactly that that was just poetic 
language. I, I think they don't want fans to be disappointed. So they're being very upfront. These regions are included. These themes are included. And they want fans to go into this knowing what they're getting. So we've been told um, very, very upfront that we're going to Western Skyrim. We're going to see Solitude, Morthor and Dragon's Bridge in Greymoor. We're going to see Blackreach in Greymoor. We're going to the Reach in the Quarter Four. So people aren't sitting there going, oh, but I really want to go to, uh, I want to see um, Winterhold for the Great Collapse. I want to see Whiterun. What people people have been told up front, these are, these are the areas we're going to. And uh, I think that's, I think it's to avoid fan disappointment. So and it, also, you know, the other the other way, it does it does lead the hype. You think, yay, we're going to go to to solitude, but but also, so so people aren't going into this thinking, I really want to see see. I mean, does that does that make sense to anyone else? I, it yeah. makes yeah. sense to me. Uh, like like I was saying earlier, it's like the least secretive one they've been about. They went into this going like, you're going here, you're meeting these people. You're doing this thing. Uh, these people play a part, but they're not really that big of a deal. Like they said, like, oh, uh, the Reachmen, they're not that important. I think they did mention the Volkier are in it, but they're not a big part of it. It was just yes, yes. like they were listing off all these details. So people aren't going to go in and go like, well, why was Lord Harkin only in one quest? Like they kind of preempted that. And I don't know if it's like they were just worried because... And I do feel it's partially because Bethesda's been really slapped around recently by uh, bad press, so they want to be very specific. Or if it's just, they want to be honest with us, they want to be just upfront. I mean, Pete and Rich as well, they did uh, say, you know, don't forget it's a thousand years between Elder Scrolls 1 Arena. So, you know, we're going to Skyrim, but it's the locations aren't going to be exactly the same. And they did as well in the, um, in the post-show. Uh, and the post the the ESO live they did after that they explained that they haven't done what they did for um, Vardenfell where they took the the height map from Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind and literally copied it. They, they've made the decision that the landscape is going to be different. I I noticed that too, and I absolutely applaud them for that because one Western Skyrim is an absolute mess in the actual Skyrim map, in my opinion. Like, Solitude's good and all, but, like, most of that's garbage, let's face it. Uh, but, seriously, that's going to fix some of our biggest concerns with... We're not going to have to go into it and go, like, oh, well, this location is slightly different. We're going, like, yeah, we already told you. It's different. Don't worry about it. Makes sense. I haven't sat down and looked at what the map looks like. Um, what sections... Like, is there a clearly defined area that we know these things won't be in it and these things will? Like, I presume any cities that we haven't covered, if they haven't mentioned them, they're not going to be in it. But is there, like, a huge stretch of middle Skyrim that's not covered? Or is it a thinner stretch? They didn't really um, completely specify, but they did mention that uh, Labyrinthian will be in there as a public dungeon. And Mm -hmm. Shadow Green Cavern will be in there as a delve. And that's really about as far as middle Skyrim that they talked about. They haven't really said anything about uh, any other towns or anything So if AKB like that. had to guess and he drew a line with his mouse right now on the map, roughly where would be the border for Western Skyrim? They're going to cut out this section right here. That section we're not going to. Where's the reach at? The reach is I'm going to be here. My, 
not knowing anything. The Reach, the reach is that entire middle the section? West. Yes. The reach is the Far West. Oh, okay. Remember, there's a delay. Right, there's a delay. My bad. Okay. It kind of, okay. at the border of, like, the High Rock region is part of the Reach still. Got it. I'm showing my Skyrim neophyteness. I've read a whole lot of lore books, but haven't played a lot of the game. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was, um... So the other important thing we have to talk about, of course, is that we're specifically... I, I know we said it. We're going to Western Skyrim. Uh, as the map shows, like, Eastern Skyrim's already been in the game for the most part. Uh, Eastern Skyrim is also part of the pact. Western Skyrim is currently uh, having a civil war with Eastern Skyrim over who's High King. So it's a different region, different people are in charge. I didn't actually hear that. They're actively at war or there's just political tension. I didn't I I don't I think there was part of the quest line like a secret maneuver from the west to uh, assassinate the king so that they could annex it. But it's not I think it was more of a civil war, cold war kind of scenario. Huh. See, I haven't I haven't heard that in Elder Scrolls Online itself. I think that maybe if it's anywhere. I haven't heard of King's Fargrim before. I know some of the others had. Yes. Right, it was a new name to me. I, I felt I felt like I've heard it before. Uh I'm not going to look through it to confirm that. So I'm gonna for now treat that like I've never heard it before. Uh before we move on there's an interesting quote here. Um, oh I guess it was Tuttle that mentioned it, or at least somebody that was during the presentation talking about it, saying that the Western Nords, the ones that aren't really following King Yorin and aren't part of the pact, they're real Nords Nords, which I believe is a play on a real man's man. Yeah. So apparently they're saying these Nords are hardcore. When they say death and sovereign guard, they mean it. Meanwhile, That's kind of a fun concept. Meanwhile, it probably means there'll be court. more insults. I, I don't know what they mean by that, to be honest. Like, it's always been traditionally the old holds, the eastern holds, were the more hardcore about staying loyal to Nordic traditions. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do there. Now, I think Baratron was the most excited one about this next part, so I really do have to give it to her. Uh, Baratron, do you want to talk about the Collector's Edition? Oh, um, I can do. Um, so, the fans were... Pete Hines said that fans were unhappy with the decision not to do a physical collector's edition for elsewhere. So there will be one for Greymore, and it features a really cool Vampire Lord statue. Four collectible coins, uh, which are the coins that you may have seen us waving around that we picked up at various PAX events. Uh, there's one for Vardenfell, one for Somerset, one for Elsewhere, and one for, um, obviously, the new chapter. And I have been informed that they're larger than the coins that we got. Hmm. Yes. Um, I, somebody says something like uh, one and a half times larger. I, rem I definitely remember larger. that. I think it was still. Yeah. Um, and there are various emotes, like an arrow to the knee emote. And a month of ESO Plus, which you can either keep for yourself or gift to a friend. And the prices of the physical collector's edition are 
not too far off previous years. Um, it's a little more. So United States, $130. Europe, uh, €130. Euros. UK, £120. Australia, 250 Australian dollars. New Zealand, 270 New Zealand dollars. Um, and no price available for Canada yet, which is a little odd, but the physical CE price does depend on the local retailer. And when we click through the site, it doesn't actually give us a, a link to Canada yet. So can't tell you that. Now, the other thing that's really important is that the physical collector's edition is upgrade only. So um, the assumption is if you buy the physical collector's edition, you already own the game. Did I post that link? Let's post that link. So this is the link that, that gives you all of the different... Oh, no, I've posted that. Okay. So all of the different editions. Now, there will be a regular um, a regular version of Greymore that's uh, upgrade only. There will be Greymore, including um, Elder Scrolls Online. There will be a, a digital collector's edition of Greymore that's upgrade only and another version digital collector's edition that is uh including the game now be very very careful when you do this because it's available for pre-order if you're going for one of the digital versions of the game and you already own eso take care not to accidentally buy the full game because you only need the digital upgrade and it's about 25 or 30 us dollars difference there um and the same i suppose the other way if you don't own eso make sure that you get the full game now, do any does anyone here get the collector's edition? Who has yes. Barrett? I have a pre-order. Yeah. yeah, you pre-ordered it. Uh, what about you, Lost and Kids? I do not. The only DLC I have is the one that was given out for free, and the one that you got is because you wanted me to stream with you. Yeah. Did you ever actually do that stream? Yeah, the dragon slaying one. We did that together. Oh yeah, I remember. So, no, I'm still in base game as far as story goes, so I've not done the DLCs. And I like Elder Scrolls stuff, but my trinkets budget goes to Zelda. Yeah, All right. that, that, by the way, if, if, you're talking about, if you're looking at ordering it, uh, the Bethesda store is asking like $35 shipping. So I would Ooh. recommend other retailers if it is cheaper. Okay, I actually, I know it's next in our notes, but I'm going to skip over to Antiquities. Uh, I want to go into the Vampires last, because I think those will be, I don't want to so, say most argumentative topic. Uh, did we? Did you intend to talk about Harrowstorm, which is technically the first chapter, sorry, no, the first, I don't know what word to use, it's because the chapter. It's the, current, yeah, it's the first episode of the story that is the entire year-long Dark Heart of Skyrim story. Do you want oh. to talk about that now or later? Uh, later. Uh, okay. I want to talk about the Antiquities. Those. It's the new... I think it was actually... Was it two skill lines? Uh, Apparently it's two skill lines, yes. And I'm very curious what they are doing with that. Uh, it's the new thing. Basically, it's a new <coughs> single-player focus experience... That's another mini game, like lock picking or I guess fishing. ESO doesn't have many mini games. Like oh. this is like I guess really mini game three, if you think about it. Uh you're going counts as a mini game. Yeah. It's, a... oh. it's not much, but 
those are our examples. Yeah. Uh, it's focused around exploring Tamriel, looking for these ancient things. They aren't artifacts, they are antiquities. And gathering them and revealing little lore snippets with them. I don't know how much lore we're getting with them. Uh, I don't think we actually saw an example of something you'd find with it, but they pointed out, like, these things are all over Tamriel. It's uh, going to be designed to work with all the zones that currently exist. Did anyone yeah. have a chance to look at that section and would like to talk about it? Uh, one thing I do remember them saying is that, you know, it's possible to find things like this is, you know, from a previous era or this is from, like, in Red Guard Zones, you might find something yeah. from ancient Yokuda. They also did say, though, like, everything else in Elder Scrolls, you know, it's not a 100% like, this is it. This is going to be instead, like, oh, the characters think it's, you know, that, so... Like everything yeah. else in the series, there's some leeway there. Yeah, so as you find items, different characters are going to add text to a journal, giving their scholarly insights to explain what they think the item is. So they might are not be right. Be conflicting accounts, or is there only going to be one account per item? That was not made clear. I don't know. Okay. So they mentioned that Gabrielle Benelay, I don't know if that's the right pronunciation, but she's going to be involved in this overall structure of the system, right? She's going to be one of the main people you interact with. Just like there are characters that are recurring for dungeons, she's going to be an antiquities-based character now. Which is cool. It's I always enjoy tying things in to the actual world. Even if it's just a small, relatively simple idea, I like that we're actually working with a scholar, and that's where the lore comes from on them. Item descriptions are fine, but this is even better. I'm glad it's her and not Narciss Dran. <laughs> Narciss Dren is back though too Yeah, apparently he is now just not part of this right yeah he so, wouldn't help us with this is the thing Gabriel so I, I didn't hear when the devs were talking about this part but I saw it in the notes here they've got mini games involved in how you do this like you said yeah. but they're things like Minesweeper like some sort of skill based thing mm -hmm. with some logic involved and I'm presuming that since you said there are skill lines, there's actually stuff you improve that makes you better able to work with the game. I don't know if they talked about that at all. From from this point of view, there has been nothing in ESO before that's a mini game like this. I mean, to describe lock picking or, or enchanting as a mini game is, is trite, really, in, in comparison. The impression I've got is this is actually what a, a person would think of as a mini game, that, like a game that you might play on your phone or something like that. Yeah, they mentioned so, that uh, it would be like you'd use this item called the antiquarian's eye to find out where the antiquity is hidden, and uh, the scrying would involve a color and shape match game. And they they were asking if it's going to be accessible to colorblind players, and they said, "Yep, that's why it's color and shape." So it does sound like it's something very different from what we've seen before in the game. And that's the tracker just to figure out where it's at, and then yeah. the minesweeper one is the is that's the a matching game. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, the, yeah, the digging, excavating or digging. They said it's Minecraft or Minesweeper influenced. Those are two um, very different games. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> similar I mean, name, I guess both have squares. Games. I'll give them that they both have squares. So I don't. They both know have if, mine in the name. I don't know if it's one of the ones they're doing, but they showed a cool picture of this person holding up like a golden dragon skull with ruby eyes and examining it, which. Is yes, evocative. That's, that's a really good picture for it. That's I from this antiquities system. I don't know if they 
talked about what that item is or if it's just a cool picture to go with it. The only so, thi- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to uh, ask, what are some of the examples they gave of what antiquities can do? I don't think we talked about that yet, that, unless I zoned out. Uh, they mentioned it'll have something to do with lore snip. You'll get lore snippets with it. Beyond hmm. that, I don't know what this is actually doing. They mentioned something about mythic gear being tied to it, which is like a nice little buff for uh, people who use the skill line. I don't really know how much this flows into the rest of the game, though. Right. Oh, I see. Antiquities. The relics will be unique collectibles such as furnishings and mementos, right. um, cosmetics, a new mount, and even siege weapons for PvP. Are those consumable, or do you get it and then you always have it? Well, siege weapons for PvP are usually consumable, but maybe this will be a special one that isn't. I don't know. Just really expensive or something? Maybe. Huh. Um, and the deal with the mythic gear is you can only wear one mythic item at a time so mythic gear is one of the categories of antiquities yes got it okay Mm -hmm. and these mythic items only come in gold quality and at cp160 which is the current gear cap and they include a heavy armor piece which restores magical when you block excuse me and a jewelry item which increases your speed in combat a little and out of combat even more and the idea is Currently, the very best gear is tied to Dungeons and Trials, and the idea is to give players who don't enjoy Dungeons and Trials something cool to do other than housing, and enable them to get some gear that's going to help them. And it'll be indi- maximum stats and have cool bonus gameplay abilities that aren't normal, right? Right. So, for example, yeah. uh, the jewelry item, which increases your speed out of combat, will be great for people running around farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't remember if we mentioned it already, but the mythic items, you can only wear one at a time. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, It's too early to really say how much this is going to work with it. One of the weirder things they said was, like, once you complete uh, the antiquity stuff, you'll be a lore master, basically. Like, so I don't know if they're giving you, like, a lot of lore with these. I really don't know what they're doing. I... I'm very, very curious to see how this works. So, we are going to keep ignoring vampirism for another moment. Does anyone want to talk about Harrowstorm? It sounded like Lost was super eager to talk about it. I thought we should at least mention it, since it it comes first. We're back. Go ahead. Mention it. This is your chance. Your one golden moment. Everyone should hopefully be aware by now, but... They're intending to have year-long integrated stories. Instead of each quarter having its own separate thing, everything is an episode in one connected story. Um, How connected they are, I'm sure it varies. I don't know if you necessarily have to play it to get the story. Point is that quarter one is the Harrowstorm DLC with two dungeons. And this is setting up what's going on in Skyrim. That there's dark storms starting to spread. Like, I don't know why storms summon vampires and werewolves and spookies, but there's dark magic storms going on that are affecting Skyrim and people are investigating it. And you start off with these two separate dungeons that are the kickoff, I guess. Sort of, not the prologue, because the prologue quest is separate, but it's still, it's an intro to what's going on there. The first is called Ice Reach. You're going to an island that's in the Sea of Ghosts, 
which is icy, and so there's going to be ice. <laughs> there's a witch's coven <laughs> that lives there, and each of them specializes in different magic types. I don't know who this is, but there's a character named Drada, I believe, who must be a boss from Dire Frost Keep. That person's yeah. also from so this island. What, what they've been trying to do um, is to finish off the stories. Um, because some of the Elder Scrolls Online dungeons have a part one and a part two, and then others don't. So uh, Celine from Celine's Web popped up again in Lair of Marsalok. Um Thariya from Bolenfell popped up again in the two intro dungeons for the the last the the year of the dragon and drodder obviously is a character from Diafrost keep she's 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 a witch an ice witch oh she's not a boss okay a good person no 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 she she, she's absolutely a boss oh okay my bad yeah yeah yeah. she is absolutely she's absolutely (laughs) a boss Um, i thought you said she was a nice witch no ice and that's my bad (laughs) so close And I switch, not a nice switch. Okay, <laughs> we're clear. I apologise for my for being British without due care and attention at two fifteen in the morning. Right. Um, <laughs> now, the interesting thing about this, um, about the Harrowstorm uh, stories, is the dungeon stories were actually written by Layman Tuttle, the law master himself. So Which means he to- intends for these to be a legitimate, serious part of the story. They're probably going to have really important connections, I would assume. Yeah. And they're really trying to make sure that the prologue quest connects together the artifacts that you get from the two dungeons and explains the name of the DLC. Because, yes, you know, Harrowstorm. What is a Harrowstorm? I mean, it's harrowing. It's a storm that is harrowing, which means, <laughs> means, means it's creepy. Yeah. So, yeah. So- this- this island of Ice Reach, you're sent out there because there's a storm. I don't know if it's technically a Harrow storm or not, but it's sinking ships, and you're sent to investigate. And you go with Lyris Titanborn, who is back from the base game. So once again, if you sacrificed her, you were wrong, and they're going to tell you that. So you go with Lyris, and they made some comments here that they didn't want her to be an NPC that hides while you do the fighting, because she's Lyris Titanborn, so she's going to step in and lay the smack down and make sure that guys die i don't know how that works i don't know if she can beat the boss without you but she's supposed to be an effective teammate so the impression i got is that uh it's going to be you know a branch dungeon and you go one way and kill a kill a bunch of people and she goes the other way and kills a bunch of people and then when you meet up again uh she'll be like wiping the blood off her hands Mm -hmm. that's fitting that's acceptable i think so she is helping but not necessarily in the same fights where you are yeah, the way they put it is, every time you see her, she's killing someone. I also be okay if, if you could always see her from the other path, and she's always down there, and guys are just falling before her axe, that's pretty cool. If you haven't seen the cinematic trailer, I recommend it. It's quite awesome. You get to see Lyris and the Nord hero from the older ESO uh, cinematic trailers, and they fight together, which is pretty sweet. I want to say that the prologue quest to Elsewhere was like that with Chimera, that, that, that she would, she and her team would go one way and you'd go the other t- way and you, you could see her. Um, but I've only actually done the prologue once. I am honestly, the thing that I'm most curious about right now, and it's not really the most thing I'm most curious about right now, is it, it isn't really, but something I'm curious about. 
Are they actually going to bring back the prophet next chapter? No. I'm yeah. sure that he's for real gone because I, they I have ass- him in Orsinium. He told you he's for real gone. I, I assumed that was the way they were going to go, but who knows now? Like, they just have them hand wave the, fa- the <laughs> fact that they died. But they had, in a non-player choice moment, the prophet still dies. That's what, yeah. So I would assume that they for real got That's rid of true. him. That's true. They could bring him back. They could do whatever they want, obviously. Yeah. But I think we'd have a harder time buying it because, just because. He uh, says, yeah. sorry, I died. I go to the next, I go to the next thing. Yeah. The other thing, of course, I'm curious about is, like last year. Uh, he says, we will not Saisa- meet again. Saisahan was a, a surprise at the end, if anyone remembers. Like, he wasn't in the first bit. He shows up just at the very last section of the year. He goes like, hey, I'm Saisahan, remember me? Uh, before that, we were hanging out with Abner Tharn. Uh, I'm very curious, like, is Lyris Titanborn going to be in all the parts, or are we going to get another surprise like that mid-year? I assume she'll show up in it somewhere. Like, she's in the very first dungeon. I don't think they're just going to use her for one dungeon and not use her again. Because the trailer is for... What is the trailer for? Is the trailer for Dark Heart of Skyrim? Or is it for Greymore? That was confusing. Dark Heart of Skyrim. I'm not positive, though. The trailer is for for the Harrowstorm chapter, I think. Okay. Uh, uh, Harrowstorm DLC, sorry. But the stuff going on is definitely focused on Greymore things. Because it deals immediately with vampires and... The vampire running away. Yeah, so down I think it's the the, for, for the year. I think she'll be she'll come up again for sure. Speaking of vampires, let's well, sink our. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Still got the other, with the other dungeon. We've only yeah, we only the, the only the first hey. dungeon. The second one is Unhallowed Grave, which someone else you want to cover it. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> so Unhallowed Grave is in Bankrai and has been guarded by a group called the Pyre Watch for so long that they no longer remember what's down there. It's going to be using the grappling hook from uh, Dragonhold or Dragon Guard, whatever it's. I forget what the DLC is called. So I went there, and you have to find Wasn't one. Wasn't it Mer- Was it Dragon Guard? No, it's it, Dragon Guard. It uses well, the same okay. uh, grappling hook, but you have to find one in the dungeon. Like as you so can see on my screen right now, the same well, it uses the concept. Yes, the mechanic of the. Book. I, I have a, the unhauled grave quest right now, and it's telling me to find a grappling bow, even though I have already mm. done uh, the dragon guard stuff. You didn't just bring it with you. Yeah, <laughs> why would why would I need that again? Yeah, this dungeon is in a deep dark cave, and um, you're tasked with learning what the heck is going on. They said there's some secrets in the dungeon, so you should take a long look around. And you'll be getting some, um, for the other dungeon as well, um, completing Ice Reach on Veteran gives you Lyris Titanborn's Battle Axe style. Completing Unhallowed Grave on Veteran gives you a set of body markings. And there might be other stuff, they said. Uh, I start as I showed earlier. I'm not good enough to have already completed it by myself. I'm sorry, I'm not... not I'm not... Day one, uh, I'm not day one DLC uh, solo uh, dungeon runner good yet, but it appeared to be vampire related, whatever's down there. It, there was vampires introducing you to it. Uh, I got very heavy 
something involving va- vampires impression going on with Unhauled Grave. The name even sounds like it has to do with vampires. Definitely with Undead, like no doubt. Yes. Is that story vaguely similar to the Dawn Guard? Speaking of vaguely similar to the Dawn Guard, we no, have a real question. Um, sorry, just one thing to point out is that the Harrow Storm is on PTS now, which is yes. how come how come AKB is playing it, and there is the patch mm. overhaul, so everyone will have to re-download the entire ESO game. That for, was painful. So, if you are on limited bandwidth, be aware that at the start of uh, the, the PTS uh, cycles are usually around five five weeks or so. So, about near the end of February, you are going to have to have this massive download, which will be uh, fifty-five gigabytes. Well, apparently, it's sixty-eight point five five gigabytes. So that might be for the download and the unpacking. That's how much free hard disk space you need. It was a very annoying thing to discover. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think the actual download is about fifty-five. That said, um, I've been playing it for uh, the last hour. It is much smoother from what I've experienced already. It might just be because it's good. PTS and no one's there, but like just traveling seems to be much faster. The game will definitely be better after you do this. We promise. Uh, so, so uh, it's fifteen. It's fifteen gigabytes smaller on disk, and if you have both live and PTS installed together, then that's thirty. And the patch process after this point is supposed to be significantly better with significantly smaller downtimes and smaller downloads. Somehow, uh, to answer. Uh, Lost question really quickly. Yeah, the whole Pyre Guard thing seems really similar to uh, the Dawn Guard, except they didn't just... They forgot what they were supposed to do exactly and changed over time. Well, they just were uh, disbanded after a while because no one really cared anymore. It wasn't a problem. Uh, With all that said, we have to talk about vampires immediately, and I'm going to throw it to Kiz because he's the only person I haven't thrown to, and I know he has watched the stuff yet. Kiz, what is your five-word summary of what do you think about the vampires? You can use My more words if you want to. five-word summary of vampires. Use more words if you want to. He just used five words. He's done. <laughs> yep, done. Vampires over. So they're revamping the actual skill line, which involves adding abilities that can mesmerize people, take life away... Uh, with a slash, and it's going to become a bit more like the necromancy skill, in that certain actions can be considered criminal acts, and gods will come after you if you do them in towns or with certain people nearby. Uh, and they've refreshed the animations for a lot of the vampire acts, um, which involve the feeding and the jumping around to feed. Um, and at the same point, they've also done the tutorial revamp hopefully to make it more relevant. Yeah, don't turn into bats in front of people. They won't like it. <laughs> no, don't like that one. Don't like feeding in front of people. Um, and the way the feeding to strength system works is going to be reversed moving forwards. So in the new version, to when you feed more, you'll get stronger as you feed each time. Whereas before it was the other way around. I think that makes sense in that a hungry vampire 
is probably more dangerous because they're unhinged, but they shouldn't have all of their powers be stronger yeah. because mm-hmm. they did haven't eaten for a while. Yeah, and that's, that's basically what their thought was, is that it makes more sense that if you want to, you know, be a vampire and use your vampire powers, you're going to want to be feeding on people and getting strong. I, I yep. don't remember how it worked in a... Uh, Daggerfall when they originally introduced it to the series. Uh, I remember werewolves, uh, if you didn't feed every night, your health would keep on going down and down until I think literally uh, you would have one HP by default if you weren't feeding every time. I think that's pretty brutal. Maybe it's just ESO, but I thought that in other games it was as you advanced in stages of vampirism the weaknesses and the strengths got higher. Uh, that's Marwan and Oblivion, yeah. Yeah. And it's a cool gameplay mechanic in that you can't hide your vampirism if you haven't eaten for a while yeah. and you get more powerful. But really, if you stay well-fed, you should be at your strongest. And your strongest would theoretically be whichever one doesn't get you caught. Yeah. Yep. Gonna have to make some mods for Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Give but it sounds like they're doing the, they're making it make a lot more sense in ESO, so good for them. Hopefully there aren't any lore books that talk about becoming stronger the less you feed, that they now have to rewrite lore books to go with the mechanic. And then the only other thing really related to it is just a note on how the vampires in ESO actually get their vampirism, which is from LeMay Ball instead of Volker clan. Well, it's Um, instead of like any local strain, like I think their explanation was the fact that since you were a, what is it called? I forgot the term for what your character is. Vestige. Vestige, yes, because you're a soul shriven. Like the only person who could turn you into a vampire was Leme Ball as the mother of all vampires. So it says that, uh, is there currently a ultimate for vampires? And if so, what is it? Ooh, is it that small? So it's not very exciting. They say the new one is going to be Blood Scion, which I guess looks like or functions similarly to Vampire Lord in Skyrim, or I guess in Dawnguard, but it's not a Vampire Lord technically because it's not a Volcahar clan. You are a Blood Scion. You're yeah, straight from the like Mabel. Bat Swarm is the current ultimate. Mm-hmm. Vampire only has two other skills, right? There's Bat Swarm, there's Mist Cloud, and there's... Mist Swarm, yeah. Drain Essence. So, remote suck juice from people, turn into smoke, turn into bats. All the important things. You're going to turn into a giant bat monster instead. You're dying, AKB, watch out. I'm fine. Dying on stream is something that we like to do from time to time. So... So the thing there, they say that the animation of jumping people and feeding, it says it's going to have viscera yeah. now. That's always something that's annoyed me when it comes to cool modern day vampires. Why are they actively spilling half of their food? <laughs> like vampires that make a mess, I don't get it. Like why are they so into violence that they don't care about missing spilling their food on the ground unless they want to lick it up off the ground afterwards? Well, it's a metaphor for a person becoming more bestial and base as their evil nature overtakes them. That's what 
vampires are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but right. we always see like the the gentleman Victor. Well, we see Dracula like that, and some other vampires like that. They're gentlemen vampires. Well, yes, Can't but even still when they get into it, evil and corrupted, but still have like a napkin and dab at the side of his lip. I feel like that's a thing <laughs> I've seen before. It's it's not important. I just vampires that are really really messy about drinking blood. I think is silly. <laughs> Unless they don't need a full body, if they only need to eat like. A quarter of a person's blood, then I guess it's okay. But I think that'd ah, still whatever. kill you. It would still kill you. I'm saying they shouldn't be spilling it everywhere. Like, say I only need to eat a quarter of what's on my plate. I don't shouldn't stick my face in it and just like throw all the food scattering everywhere. I don't know. Like, if you if you only took a quarter of a person's blood, they might stay alive long enough for you to eat the next day. If you spill it all on the ground, this is sorry. We don't need to talk about this anymore. Continue on. Someone else. No, I insist we continue talking about it because we have an expert on all things biology here. Well, not all things, but uh, Baratron. I know you do work with microbes of some kind. Yes. Well, do you think a human could survive a day after losing a quarter of their blood? I have no idea. <laughs> well, there you Certainly. have it. It's an unmedical thing. Listen, so humans supposedly have eight pints of blood. Now, in practice, uh, the amount of blood you've got does actually depend on your body size, but supposedly adult humans have eight pints. And when you donate blood, they take a pint. So that's an eighth of your blood. Well, that was 11. And eight pints. That's what I've always heard, anyway. So they take away one extra pint. You're probably going to faint. You're going to need a lot of cookies, but you could still probably make it. Well, there's like the double amounts that you can donate to. Usually it's kind of uh, for larger people that they recommend. You have so, to be certain size stuff. So a full-size so anyway. man has on average 12 pints. A full-sized woman has about nine pints. See, it works out. I really just got upset about this when I was watching Castlevania, and these vampires are just, like, exploding people. And, like, they're not even drinking it. They're just exploding people. And I thought they were hungry, so I didn't get it. Oh, okay. It's because American pints are smaller than, than British pints. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, American pints are 16 fluid ounces, and British yeah. pints are 20 fluid ounces. Is that really yeah. true? Yeah. Yes. Why would huh, that's be always different? been the case. Hmm. Gallons huh. are different as well. Yeah. What? Uh, gallons <laughs> is two quarts. It's easy. But it's not. I assure you, a British pint is is. Um, I, I believe fine. you. It's just this is absurd to me. Why? Of all the things that could be different, I, I don't know why. Uh Yeah, I did not know that before. So, <laughs> yeah. So you you, you want to talk pint? about the British pound? A British pint is uh, is twenty imperial fluid ounces, or five hundred and sixty-eight milliliters, whereas an American pint is sixteen fluid ounces, which is four hundred and seventy-three milliliters. There we go. That's your bit of after throwing questions about human blood when I deal with <laughs> soil bacteria. I mean, come on. What's the difference between <laughs> soil bacteria and blood? Really? Well, blood is made up of many types of blood cells. <laughs> 
Whereas you hope your bacteria is only made up of one type of cells at a time. Otherwise, your colony gets invaded by another type and it dies. And then you have a disaster in the middle of your PhD. Like I did. When my, my uh, streptomyces, well, what I thought was catenary spora was actually streptomyces. And, that was and they it. come in with their pagan religions and then the entire, like, region is taken over well it was more they came in with their ability to make an antibiotic to kill off the bacteria that i was studying so they were reachmen is what you're saying they were reachmen yes <laughs> they Very were much so. the they were imposing dane law on the british bacteria so this is probably too far in the future but i was just thinking of this recently because they hinted that quarter four is probably going to be in the reach right that means well, there's going was. to be they said we might sorry we might see the reach lore in quarter four mm -hmm. that implies to me it's probably the reach but they don't want to talk about it yet yeah if that's the case i know a lot of people have complained about reach men being portrayed pretty generically as villains just whenever they come up in eso but i was thinking that it really makes sense because we're nowhere near the reach anytime reach men pop up they are actively invading because they're far away from their home, actively invading because they're led by dark cults. It makes sense that only the villainous ones would show up now. We might get some good Reachmen tribes by the end of this year. I don't think yep. it's going to happen. We might not. We can but it's possible. It's Thanks. more likely. Right now, the fact that we haven't seen any good tribes, I think, makes a lot of sense. Also, there was one guy that I encountered who was vaguely sympathetic as a Reachman who I did kill, but what was that? When you're going to Skuldafin and he's captured and you have to sacrifice somebody's life to open up a gate to go in and stop whatever's going on with Joran's brother, there's a, there's a person from the pact willing to sacrifice herself and I'm like, nah, that's stupid. I found a a guy who was imprisoned and he's like oh this is great thank you for showing mercy to me i just want to go back to my daughters i'm like dude you came here as a terrible evil soldier i'm gonna trick you into sacrificing yourself i didn't feel good about it but i didn't want the good packed soldier to die so i figured the enemy combatant dying was probably better anyway he was sympathetic so there is at least one sympathetic reach character in the game okay um Speaking of uh, things that are different than what we were talking about before, there is one other thing that they announced with this that we felt like uh, mentioning with this. Baratron, would you like to talk about the other stuff in the exact amount of words that was written for that section? Uh, ESO is going to be localized into Russian. And this will be text only. That's more words, you cheated. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I mean, the Russian fan base is actually really large. They do discern their own translation, their own stuff. Uh, it was actually weird. I think we were talking about yesterday, like, there's no Spanish voice-acted version of uh, any Elder Scrolls game. or there's not even a Yeah, there's not even a Spanish text translation. It's... It's all unofficial stuff done by fans. And I know or there's Portuguese. A, I know there's a lot of Spanish and Portuguese fans. It is, but I'm glad they're at least reaching out to Ru Russian. It shows they're at least interested in doing more stuff like that in the future. 
Uh, we are reaching the end of the show. I will throw to everyone now uh, to if you want to highlight anything specific about all of the uh, Dark Heart of Skyrim stuff, feel free to. Uh, this is your chance. I don't know that I have anything detailed to say. I don't think we mentioned it, though, that the chapter, Greymore, is going to come with another trial called Kine's Aegis. So that's cool. We like Kine. Yeah. There's a really cool book about people hunting in the name of Kine, which came out before ESO or right at the launch of ESO, which is very much worth a read. So maybe something cool will come from that. Mm-hmm. And it sh- it'll involve an invasion from somewhere. They didn't say where. But <laughs> invasion from... Was somewhere. that the actual wording? Pretty much. Yeah, um, basically. It, it was, you know, we don't want to let, on too, let, let out too much of the story. So there's an invasion. So you're on an island <laughs> somewhere up in the Sea of Ghosts, and there will be uh, an invasion there. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. whatever happens because it's not a Tamriel-wide invasion, it could be something really cool, just not big enough to be in the lore books going forward, and that's why it hasn't been on history timelines. Don't know what that means, but hey, an invasion. And mm-hmm. kind. And Aegis is a cool word that sort of means shield, or something like that. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. So cool. I've never done a trial. I will um, someday, maybe. Uh, Baratron or... Kids, do you have anything you want to add before we're over? I'm kind of intrigued we- by the concepts of these crafted sets in Cyrodiil, which are going to be in the Harrowstorm uh, DLC. I'm very suspicious uh, of how good they'll be. Well, I, I looked at the bonuses, and there's a PvP tank set, which looks like, you know, a, it looks like something for people who normally play PvE to get themselves into pvp because it's got critical resistance lots of critical resistance bonuses um then there's a damage dealer set and then there's one that's just like a, a general pvp set and it's it's the fact though that you've got to capture velasterous cropsford and Bruma in order to to get the the, the crafter sets but then they're going to be attunable so you can go and get them for your guild hall so it's like okay we've done it now we've we've captured Velasterous, we've attuned the, the station uh, and we stuck it in the guild hall, so you never have to do that again. And I'm a little bit like, <laughs> okay, right, well, um, what's the point of that then? Although they are very clearly PV, uh, sets with PvP bonuses. So they look like cool sets, but it's just, why go to this effort that you have to capture the town, make sure your alliance has control of the town to get there, and then you can just attune them and take them home. Well... Yes. I need to uh, talk to Baratron since she hooked up AKB with not being in terrible stuff. I need to get my character maxed out and then get a at least competent one set of armor that I can use to play the rest of the game. I, I don't think you'll have the same problem that we had somehow lost. What was I mean, the problem? Our problem was we were deliberately ignoring as much of the game as we could for as long as we could. <laughs> Here okay. they're trying to play in just what they picked up, so it was all like white and green yeah. and none of it, oh. I was, and it was all like from level five or something i was i watched it and had a minor fit and was like <laughs> oh i'll have to find a way to share my thing and see if suddenly. she gets another headache from it yes. well uh kiss did you uh want to point out anything or no 
Okay. Not particularly. Not after we've been through with that list. Now, I did want to thank uh, some people for uh, following us. Uh, I also saw some questions I wanted to answer. Uh, uh, we're going to go into a short post-show to answer those. But thank you all for uh, tuning in for us for the actual show tonight. We will be back next Monday with another podcast. I think Pylon will hopefully be back then. Uh, hopefully we'll have paid his ransom to those pirates who kidnapped him or something. I don't remember what happened. I think Gloss said it was pirates. Yeah, he, he paid pirates to take him on a lovely trip. And they're doing a great job. Something no scurvy like involved at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, with that said, I hope you all have wonderful adventures in the Elder Scrolls game series. Because he normally says adventures in Nern. Yeah. You could have just said Orbis. I was <laughs> I was changing it around. Yeah, but you made it